When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, Cheeseheads. Welcome to another episode of the Cheese Room Podcast. This is Franco, host for the show, and today we're talking about a pretty boring nil-nil draw against Everton. The Conte revolution has not quite begun. Um, joining me to discuss the game, as always, from Vienna, is the Harlow Glowtrosser. How are you doing, HG? I'm all right. I'm, I'm surprised you thought it was boring. I didn't think it was that bad, but uh, I guess we'll get into it. But uh, uh, yeah, I'm all right. I mean, boring in the sense that we haven't had a shot on target for, like, Two and a half games now, HG. I, I, I guess I've got used to that now. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. I mean, some of it, the game itself, yeah, wasn't entirely boring, but it's just, yeah, we need to start creating more chances. Um, also joining, you'll probably hear a lot more noise in the background because tonight we've got the caller back with us. So get ready for some chink and glass and crisps and whatever else he's going to be doing. How are you doing, caller? <laughs> yes, good evening. Uh, I'm very happy. I'm currently sat in the man cave with a glass of gin with lots of ice. I thought, how could I piss Franco off? I know, I'll get a gin and tonic with with loads of ice in it. And I'm watching the Grand Prix, the Mexican Grand Prix, which Verstappen is pulling away in front, which, you know, the world's complete, really. And and I've got to watch Spurs today as well. So, yeah, I am good, really happy to be here. It's like old times, the three of us. It is. And you don't really need to think too hard about pissing me off. Just, I mean, you're you're existing is normally enough with you, Corner, isn't it? <laughs> mutual feeling, Franco, mutual feeling. <laughs> exactly. So this that's how we get this uh this pod going. Um I just gotta mention, are you um surprised that Conte has copied you in getting his own branding? I'm not at all. <laughs> is that, which is his branding, the the old autograph thing and all of that. Yeah, well, yeah, again, today Spurs did a post of his post-match comments and it's there with his Antonio Conte font and his little signature underneath. I'm like, so is that it now? He, that, you get his branding on every single post that he says. I reckon it's this season only. No, I don't. I think that's him from now on. I think he's seen yours, Corder. He's gone, oh, I like a bit of that. Yeah, a bit of personal branding. What's not to like? On all my social media. I mean, what's not to like? <laughs> You're a trendsetter, trailblazer in the social media world. Oh, I've been called worse, I suppose. 
<laughs> right, let's crack into it. HG, what do you think of the lineup? Um, exactly the same starting eleven that we saw midweek, and we weren't. Well, I guess we were happy with the first thirty minutes. Not so happy with the last hour. So, were you surprised that he didn't make any changes to that? We're going into the substitutions already. Um, <laughs> the, the, the first half was so miserable. Let's talk about how we didn't change it early enough. No, like the first eleven. Like I know that in our Slack group, a number of people were like, "Oh, Davies, oh, why?" Um, yeah, me. The, the, yeah. Well, the reason why is because clearly, uh, Conte values having a balanced left-sided defender, like someone with mm. a left foot. Um, mm. he, he did that all the time at Inter. I think he used to play Kolarov there for a little bit. Um, he's he, he wants a left-sided person who's probably comfortable being more of a left back at times. And obviously, Davies is the one person we have that does that. So I, I wasn't too surprised. I was more surprised personally that that we stuck with the three up top. Yeah. I had a feeling that we'd go a bit stronger in mid, midfield and play either Lo Celso or Dombele. And, and as we know, it, it just never happened. I mean, I get that, HG, but it's Ben flipping Davis. Come on. We've got Roden in reserve. What's what's wrong with he plays left back? Yeah, but know, back. I know he's not left footed. I know that he's is, not, that's he's what adap- I said though, isn't it, Caller? I said well, it is, but, but he's adapted at the role that's where he's played his whole careers. You can't you can't put Davis in a team and expect great things and great things didn't happen. There you go. We've got a clean mm. sheet. It's the first clean sheet since August in the league, isn't it? Right. Let me just let me just let's just tell you, right? Yes, we did get a clean sheet. We had three centre backs and two defensive midfielders playing. If we're not getting a set if we're not getting a clean sheet with that, then you know. Then we're playing Vitessa on Thursday night. We've got nothing. We've got <laughs> nothing up top at all. But I'm sure we'll come on to it. Well, Corner, do you agree with HG then about the the striking options up front? Would you have liked to see something different than Dombele or Lacelso or Delhi playing, perhaps? Yeah, it, it's just it's just stale. That's how it feels. It feels stale. There's no creator in there. Um, Lacelso, I'm not his biggest fan, but he did some stuff when he came on, which I thought was quite good. And Dembele uh, does bring the creative flair, obviously. The one thing he doesn't bring is work rate and, eth- and, and that kind of thing. But, yeah, it, it just needs more. I don't think you're going to win much with Skip, Hoybier and Lucas providing the bullets for Son Kane. Mm, that's fair enough. Uh, I mean, today people got very excited. People have been very excited since Conte's been appointed, getting very carried away, um, in my opinion. Um, and today was not the game we expected. I put a post, uh, we, did, we did them on Twitter and Facebook and a lot of people were expecting goals. And I mean, I know historically this fixture has seen lots of goals, but today was not the game we were expecting. Uh, what did you think, HG? Were you surprised that we were kind of quite... I suppose it seemed like we were being just the very defensively solid. I think in the first 45 minutes, we dominated things. Uh, we had most of the ball. We played in, on the front foot. We were in their half. Like Romero, Dyer were basically starting on the halfway line and pushing forward if they had the ball. The question then is, what are you going to do with it? And that's where we struggled because we didn't have the creator. It was all well and good keeping it nicely and pushing forward and making sure that Everton don't win the ball in, in, in dangerous areas for them. We just didn't do anything with it. So like, I think the first half was much better than the second, but because of, of how we played... My personal belief is that Everton you know, got their tails up a little bit in the second half and started playing to the crowd. And so then it was it was a much more difficult game for us and we weren't able to dominate as, as easily as we had in the in the first half. But I, I don't think I don't think we were that bad. First half, I mean, like there there were patterns of play today. 
where you know the, the center backs are pushing it forward, trying to find you know Skip or Kane or Lucas or whoever, and it's being almost instantly passed back, but at a different angle to a different player. Um, I think I've talked on previous pods before about how Man City do that very, very well, where it's it's pushed forward, then back before the, the creative pass actually happens. The issue for Spurs is we just don't have that creative passer. So as much as we you know we had fullbacks who were you know pushing high up the pitch and always offering an outlet, we weren't able to get the ball to them at the speed that was necessary. But I thought our passing today, although we made obvious you know, not every pass hit its target, we were moving the ball at speed, and that's what I want to see. I thought Spurs, when it came to those things, were so much better um, than in the Man United game last week. But I guess that it was the final ball, though, HG, wasn't it? I think we, we passed the ball around quite a bit, like you said, when we had possession, but we didn't do anything with it. And then I think when Everton had it, we sat quite deep. And I looked at our shape and I just saw a, a back line of five. I saw four sat in front of it. And I just thought he's there. He's trying to work on shape when we've not got the ball to just make us very difficult to pass between. I'm okay with this being defensively solid when we don't have the ball. I mean, I think mm. the question is, is what what are we going to do with it? I mean, Cole is right in saying that we had lots of defensive players um, starting today because, you know, even even the wing backs that are providing the attacking width, they're defenders. It's not as if we were playing Lucas out of position or Brian out of position who could, you know, be attackers doing a defensive job at times. It was the other way around. I just, I don't know. I, I just felt like the first the first forty five minutes we were a lot better. And it looked like we had a plan of attack. The fact that we mm. were unable to execute that attack, to me, is down to the fact that we just don't have the players to do it. But you know, if we could have a 12th person on the pitch, we'd be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> or if we took Lucas off and actually put a passer on the pitch, we'd be great. Mm. I, I don't want to say this every week. You know, Lucas does his best. He tries really hard. He gives everything he's got. But he's playing in the wrong area of the pitch for me. That, that like, If he was playing as a winger, I'd be I'd be much more okay with it, but he and Son are just too narrow, and they end up running into each other or into Kane. And it's I know we want to leave space down the wings for the um, you know for the fullbacks for the wingbacks to attack, but you have to be better, and we just weren't good enough. If you're going to be that narrow, at least have one of you with the ability to pick a pass, and we we just mm. couldn't do it. Yeah, and it may seem a bit harsh, Calder, because he's only really had probably two training sessions with the squad now. But have you seen any evidence of the Conte effect yet? You know, I think there's, like she said, there's some better movement, a bit more effort, intensity, but no massive new manager bounce yet, is there? You'd expect them to run around a lot when they've got Antonio Conte screaming blue murder at them on the touchline. <laughs> um, that's his thing, isn't it? Um, look, it's too early. You know, I know everyone's getting really carried away. I'm getting carried away. I haven't changed my Twitter profile to an Italian flag like some yet, <laughs> which surely is the most crazy thing ever. Um, but look, it's it's too early. He's been in charge for a week. I think we've got to give it a good two, three weeks. It'd be interesting to see how we come back after the international breaks. There are quite a few players staying behind, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, we'll touch on that a little bit later, but it, it does need a bit more time to work with the team. Mm. Um, and in terms of the team itself, Cordell, what did you think? Do you think he's going to persist with the Skip and Hoybier, um midfield pairing, or do you think he's just starting off as, you know, trying to be as solid as possible and not concede too many at this point? I think he's trying to steady the ship. And I think, mm. um, you know, at the moment, Everton's a tricky fixture. So, yes, they've just lost, I think, three on the bounce. But going away to Everton, where the crown couldn't really get on top of you in that old stadium. Um, and, and they are a ferocious crowd, and Everton are a bad team, and Benitez does know what he's doing. So I think 
they were just as scared of losing the game today as we were. And that's mm. what and that's what you saw on the pitch. Two really hard work inside who huffed and puffed a lot, but didn't want to give anything away. And they weren't I think they only had two chances and we had what one. The Celso's hit the post. I know it doesn't count as a shot on target, but um, um Reggie had that chance as well. Yes, true, true. He should have done a lot better with that. It was I mean it was a half chance, but it was it was good it was a good chance, a half chance, I suppose, as they go. But yeah, we're we're just a long way from where we want to be right now. Yeah, agreed. Um, what did you think about the uh, the width today from the fullbacks, OG? Because I know you're crying out for width from the team, and 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 that we don't really get that with with Son and Lucas. But we got the ball out. We, we worked it quite well, and I thought that was it. Some of the passing angles that we, we were creating, and, and we were willing to find them rather than sort of being a bit hesitant, which I felt like we're being under Nuno. I felt like if a pass was half on, a lot of players wouldn't risk it. Whilst today, it felt like we were trying to get the ball into those areas and uh, balls them to run onto. No, and that comes from playing through at the back. It gives mm. the wing backs, you know, more security going forward. I felt at times like Reguilon, despite having the chance that Call is talking about, I always feel that Royal just seems to be a bit more in control of what he's trying to do. Reguilon is is very eager to do everything. Everything is at 110 miles an hour with him, and sometimes you just want him to to slow things down a bit. But mm. uh, I, I just. It frustrates me when, 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 especially in the first half, I felt like we attacked a lot down the right-hand side. The ball was mm. played to Royal. He's got space in front of him, but he can only get to maybe 30 yards from the goal before before there's nothing for him. Yeah. He's got to either go back to uh, to Romero or inside to Hoiberg or, or someone. He doesn't have the option in front of him. And like you know, we talk about overlaps in football, and they come down the wings. It's like doing it by yourself is very, very difficult. And mm. it's not as if Luca, Luca Dean is is a no hoper. He's a you know, did he win the World Cup with France? He might have gone to the to World Cup, but he's a quality left back. And so I just feel that to me, if you're going to make it so that you can move the ball wide at the first opportunity, then perhaps you need to have one or two players out there, not just one but someone else who can help. I counted at least twice in the first half where Royal would get the ball, look forward, and the only person really making a run for him is Hoiberg trying to trying to get into that gap ahead of him. Hmm. That, to me, it shouldn't be Hoiberg's job. And even if he gets there, what can he do with it, apart from probably go back to, to Romero when we start up again? So the, the recycling was better, but we've just got to make sure that when we get the ball into dangerous areas that we have the right players there to do it. Because I think... That was where we struggled today. Like I, I know that Lucas obviously can score a few goals. Son certainly does, but at some point you have to say one of you, one of those three, can move to the side, and you still have two in the box to aim for. But if you if you're waiting for the fullbacks to do it by themselves, then a lot of those a lot of that attacking thrust is just going to be waiting and not actually mm. being used. And in the end, I think Reggie put in four crosses and, and like you said, Royal gets that position. He seemed a bit hesitant to try and take on um, the fullback and, and try and put a cross. And he only had one cross all game. So I think if we're relying on them for our width, then we need to see a bit more output from them and certainly a bit more accuracy. Um, also, Caller, what about Kane and Son? I posted afterwards that it's hard to believe that they set records for goals and assists last year because today neither of them really seemed at it again, did they? I think you're on the money, to be honest, Franco. Um, neither of them seemed at it. Kane's touch was poor as well. Again, yeah. several yeah. times, you know, slack control. And you just think, Christ almighty. I mean, I don't know what he is with Kane, because I, do I don't think he's deliberately playing badly. <laughs> no. we're, we're, we're clearly not putting the ball in places that he wants it. 
um, mm. or he doesn't suit the system because you know you don't go from that to that in a season. And you know, I've seen I've seen some explanations. Um, I can't remember whether it was on the pod or the or the YouTube channel. Someone was sort of saying, well, maybe he's just sick of carrying the team. You know, he did it all last season. Maybe he's just running on empty. And I'm I'm just like, no, I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. I just think he's going through a shipment of form, and maybe it needs a goal to go on if, in off his backside to give him the confidence or. Whatever it is, you're, you're absolutely right. You can't really see where the next goal's coming from. And with those no. two on your side, you should absolutely be awash with um, talent at the top end of the pitch. So yeah. it's frustrating as much as anything. We see with Sun that happens uh, periodically throughout a season. He normally goes through hot form and cold form. But I think we're just so used to Kane being absolutely white hot <laughs> for like the last seven, eight seasons. Yeah, absolutely. This this feels like such a long time with him really underperforming. And like you said, it's not just with some strikers might not be able to find the net for a prolonged period, but other aspects of the game are fine. But with him, it's like you say, his touch is heavy. You know, he doesn't seem to have the pace. Mm. Um, his passing's not as good as it as it has it's, been in the past. It's just his all-round game. It's just yeah. really disappointing. Look, I think the big thing with Kane is that in the last two games, we have seen an increase in, in activity, let's say. Mm. He may not have been great with the ball, <laughs> but he... <laughs> Well, no, because like, like every, everyone would talk about under Nuno that Kane wasn't getting involved and he didn't seem to care. And I feel like in the last two games, he has cared a lot more. Like the whole team has cared a lot more. And that's pretty damning on themselves and on Nuno. But I think yeah. that with in Kane's situation, yes, we're not getting the goals that we're used to. Is this just the first time ever that we've seen it? So it feels that much worse. Franco alluded to it earlier with Son. Son is playing terribly, just as badly as Kane is right now. But because Sun has done that before, and we've had these, you know, fallow periods before, you, you just kind of think, okay, well, we're not used to having both of them do it at the same time. I I do want to believe, and I I will believe that now that we seem to be um, believing in our manager a little bit more and playing for the manager a little bit more, and that the manager is much more motivated in the game as well, that that the players are going to be showing something else. I just think we now need to find a way to get those two on the end of things. Because right now, they're, they're both trying to create. Sun's dropping much too deep, just like Kane used to do. We, we mm. don't have any outlet for them. And so it just becomes a case of, look, if we're going to play, you know, let's say six or seven players whose job is to win the ball and provide for a creator so that they can fight, get the bullets into to Kane and Sun, then great. But we, we haven't found the right way of doing that yet. And maybe because Skip is obviously suspended for the Leeds game, as much as Skip's done really well this season, the fact that he can't play might lead us to a, a better solution in the middle of the pitch. When we're looking to change things up today. What did you think of the, the subs today, Caller? Uh, a lot of people scratching their heads at Doherty coming on for Reggie. But mm. um, uh, Lo and Dombele is, is what he did in midweek, I suppose, bringing those guys on. But what did you think about those subs and how they performed? I mean, it's a weird one, wasn't it? Seeing uh, Mr. Doherty coming on at left back, I, mm. I did not see that coming whatsoever. Um, what did I think? Of it? I thought he did all right, but <laughs> bizarrely, there was one bit where he actually beat an Everton player with a bit of skill and and clipped a ball over, which was I was I nearly fell off the chair what, to uh, over the bar than he's done so far. over the stand, <laughs> like he, well, he clipped well, a ball over the rest of his team. <laughs> Over all the defenders uh, looking for one of our players, it wasn't the worst delivery ever. Um, go back, you'll find it. it's about seventy-eight minutes, I think. Um, 
he did all right. He did all right. Uh, Lo Celso, obviously, he hit the post. That was the highlight. But yeah, I think he played one really nice through ball as well, which shows what he can do. I think that's the mm. point, isn't it? That's, I think we need to be sacrificing a Skip or a Hoybier. And I thought Skip played better than Hoybier today. The absolute, you know, like adulation fest of Hoybier. I don't really get, he's not been that great this season at all. And I know, mm. and I know what no one has, but he's he's really sort of lauded as you know the finest midfielder we've had in years. I, I don't buy it, and I think Skip um, outperformed him today. And I would be happy to see Hoybier on the bench and maybe Lacelso start the next game. It's interesting in the second half, especially where there were a couple of times where we broke with the ball and Skip had it, and Skip looked far more comfortable breaking forward with the ball than Hoybier would. But mm. you, you're sitting there thinking. Why can't this be Dombele? Why can't mm. this be Lo Celso? Because they hadn't really come on yet. And I think it's mm. interesting for me is that in both of Conti's games so far, when Dombele has come on, he's come on for Sun. Yeah. He only got five minutes today, but he got, what, 25 minutes or just under 20 minutes against Vitessa. But he came on mm. for Sun on both occasions. So does that indicate that maybe Conti sees Dombele as a bit further forward, as maybe one of the of the front three? Um, because we, well, we'd, all like so. to, we'd all like to see him in that role, but it's just yeah. interesting to me that why did Lacilso come on first today instead of Dombele? Was it because of the way Everton were playing? That it was you know quite a feisty game. Even with the first sub, when when Reggie went off, to me, if you want to stay with three at the back, then you just, just you move Davis. That's when you move him out to the left. The fact that Doherty went there, well, if you're a central defender and you're on the bench today. Well, then what? Are you gonna? Are you ever gonna play unless someone gets injured? <laughs> like you, you're putting a right-footed, right-footed fullback at left back. Yes, he's done yeah. it before, but in that case, I mean, who, who did we, we didn't have Roden on the bench? I know that, um, but you know, if Sanchez. it was Sanchez, Tanganga, one of those two, I, I'd have thought would would have been a logical choice if you're worried about Reggie getting a second yellow card or you wanted to keep the, um, the you know the system the same. Perhaps today we missed out on the fact that we, you know, neither Sessegnon nor Brian are fit, because you'd imagine that one of those two might have been a more sensible choice. If if Reggie is on a yellow and you know, getting a bit knackered, may, mm. maybe you try one of those. But it, I was surprised that Doherty was was the was the option chosen. Yeah, I was just disappointed with uh, both Lacelso and, and Dombele today. Apart from Lacelso, the shot was obviously great off the post. He was unlucky there. And Dombele didn't do anything. He lost the ball a few times, oh, went up, yeah, yeah. fouled, like held onto the ball, got a yellow card. Again, six or seven minutes, Franco. That's not that's not a huge amount of time. Yeah, but I want you to be running for those six or seven minutes. That's the thing. I just feel like when you come on and jog about. Well, this is Toggy and Dombele we're talking about, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. But even Lacelso, I don't think Lacelso was really busting much of a gut to get back and get involved. Again, I mean, what did he come on, like 70 something minutes? Yeah. He's got 20 minutes. Just put a real shift in. Especially if you're trying to convince the manager to play you ahead of the, you know, Mora, whoever he's playing already. And, and that's just it. The system stayed the same. So Lacelso yeah. came on and was basically the right sided of the three attackers. Like mm. if I'm Bergvine and I'm sitting on the bench thinking, I'd be a better solution for this. Like, to be fair, I would agree with him. Like, in that situation, if the system is going to be that way, I want Bergvine coming on for Lucas. I don't want Lacelso doing it. As much as I like the idea of having a passer, I just, Lacelso's on the wrong side then. He's always going to have to cut back onto, you know, to, to find a way to get his left foot involved. Yes, it, it worked when, when we hit the post, but again, was that the 90th minute? 
like 91st minute it was it's too late then like he seems to have figured it out when it comes to defending but with attacking it might help to have the left footers down the left and right footers down the right and mm-hmm. I, I don't know I, I just feel that it's still a little bit muddled despite the fact it's been what five days since he was appointed I mean, come on, Conte. What are you doing? Five days. You should have fixed it by now. But the thing is, like, I don't necessarily think he should have fixed everything. Of course not. That would be ridiculous. But I do think that sometimes it is quite simple with, you know, round pegs in round holes. And Lacelso has never really been that kind of player. He doesn't play that way for Argentina when he does play really well. So why do we think, why do people think that he will do it? I don't know. That, that, that's, that's strange to me. I'm sure that Conte hasn't watched as much Tottenham as we have. But still, you'd think that someone might have pointed out that perhaps that's not the role for him. And, and, mm. and we have lots of options. Mm. With nine people on the bench, you always have lots of options. This is true. This is true. But he's got time to work on it. And like we said, an international break coming up. This international break, what do you make of it? Because does it mean he's got more chance to work with him? Because obviously a lot of the key players are going to be going away on international duty. But um, you know, how much can he do in that time? Well, firstly, can I just say there's far too many international breaks for the corners liking. You can. Uh, and everyone else is liking, I'm quite sure. Yeah. Because we just want to watch the Premier League. Like, no one's interested in Harry Kane jogging around the pitch against Moldova on a, on a Wednesday night. No, no one cares. Like, so let's stop these stupid international breaks. That's the first thing. The second thing is, in terms of time to work with the side, I'm not sure the exact number of players that are away this international break, but you will have Endembele there, so you can sort him out. Yeah, I don't know whether the Argentinians are going away or not. Harry Winks there, you can sort him out. Yeah, I don't know if the Argentinians are or not, but potentially. So I think there's going to be a good chunk of players that, you know, there's certainly going to be an 11 first-teamers, I think, that that he, he will have time on the pitch, on the training pitch with. I mean, you have to assume that the Argentinians are going because they've been. Yeah. The thing is, that there will be international matches for Argentina. I'm convinced of that, and those two will both be in the squad, so they will be going. And it's just it's people like Bergvine. I don't really know if he's in the Dutch squad, but I would doubt it because he's not played oh, much for Spurs. Yeah. So it's going to be Bergvine and Winks and Delhi and Dombele. And and if he does get those people firing, I mean, that's the problem position. If one of those turns the corner in the next two weeks, Spurs are going to be laughing. But it, it's just they have to convince Conti that they can do what he wants. And, you know, Conti, for, for all his success, is pretty much a system manager. He knows how he wants to play. And if you can't convince him that you can do those jobs, he, he will you know move you on. So if they want to play for Spurs, which I, I do think they all you know, most of them will want to, certainly Winks does, then you know, the, these next two weeks are crucial for them. And it's great that they get it because we're missing out on a... Pre- I mean, even if Conti had come in in June, he wouldn't have had a pre-season with them because half of them were still at the Euros. So it is it is kind of we're starting afresh now. This two weeks gives them a chance to, to learn a few things and to adapt a little bit more. And when the Leeds game comes round... We're, we're, again, we're lucky that it's the Sunday evening game, so we're not the first one back. They'll have a couple of training sessions, most likely before the game on, against Leeds, all together as one big group. I, I just, I, I was, I, I saw enough positives today to make me think that we will, we, we are we're already going in the right direction, despite the mm. fact it's only been five days. The, the players already have a sense of what they need to do, of what Conte wants them to do. Um, I, I thought it was interesting that when Conti was late for his press conference on Friday because of training, it wasn't because of like outside training. It was because of a video session, 
which again shows me that at least he can show them this is what I want you to do. This is what my teams did in the past. It's not necessarily going to be about you know can you control the ball because they all can. They wouldn't be at Spurs if they couldn't. So the, mm. the question is, they need to learn exactly what Conti wants. And short of you know watching videos of Inter over the last twelve months, that that's what that, that's pretty much all they can do. Yeah, I mean, one of the problems I think we could quite easily uh, improve on instantly is just a, a pass in the final third. Actually, I think you mentioned that today. It's just, you know, if we had a bit more composure on that pass, and that is something fairly basic you'd expect them to be able to do. But yeah, I agree. Um, I think the video stuff is um, is probably what his focus is to start with, just to get ideas like the shape and the movement that he wants. Um, a, a point about that, the amount of time they're going to have to train is that England are playing Friday and then Monday. So I'm assuming the players will be back in training. Oh, we're playing in San Marino, so it's not miles away. They should be back on Tuesday for training. So that gives them nearly you know half a week to train. And the Argentinians, why are they playing Brazil again? All they ever do is play Brazil. Well, this, this will be the Brazil game that was cancelled because of the whole... You know, yeah, I guess it, you're probably oh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they don't. They play Friday and then Tuesday, so they're going to be back a little bit later. The Argentinians, but still, you're right. They'll probably still have Thursday, Friday, half a half a training session Saturday. So it's it's better than nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think. I mean, plus this is the last international break until the end of March now. So he, no. you know, Conti is going to have three or four I months. I think so. Huh? Argentina have got Argentina have got two games the end of January and February. What? Yeah, Chile and Colombia apparently. Well, but there's no. I mean. There's, that, that's crazy to me because Europe doesn't have one until until March. No, we don't. You're right. So, yeah, okay, that's an interesting thing. Are they are they going to just miss like the FA Cup fourth round for this? Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe don't let we'll... them go. Don't let them go. Don't let them go. Don't let them go. Well, it might be one of those ones where it's literally only people playing in the Argentinian league playing those games. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, is is the African Cup of Nations in 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 January? I think it might be. Yeah, it's around that time. So the, the, as well. there's a, I mean, we don't have so many issues with that, but yeah, maybe lots of teams are going to lose players. But I had no idea that Argentina have international games in January. That's that's odd. It, it must it be because they, they they lost so many games thanks to COVID that they're having to catch up, and they can't do them as quickly as 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 they have more games to play than we do in Europe. That, yeah, something like that. Because they've they've got quite a big league, isn't it? The way it's basically everyone in South America plays against each other. It's fun to understand it. It's like ten ten teams in their league, something like that. Yeah. Either way, that that can be frustrating when it comes around. Right, just a few more talking points for the game because we haven't talked about them yet. Caller, what do you think about the penalty? We we got away with it. Do you think it was a pen? No, wasn't the pen. Hugo got the ball fair and square. Um, and uh, yeah, when slowed down in HD, Richarlison said absolute cheat. Well, the only thing I would say with that is the referee was behind it, almost perfect view of it, although obviously can't see close up. You could quite clearly see the ball like divert off the other way. In order order for that to happen, he's got um, Richarlison's got to take the world's worst touch, or it's been got by the keeper. So I'm a bit like, I don't really understand why it even went to VAR, to be honest. It seemed obvious to me at the time. Well, maybe you thought that Richarlison's got form for taking the world's worst touch. You know, <laughs> maybe, maybe well, that's I mean, what it was. Richarlison just got up and continued playing. Yeah. yeah that's always a sign, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you just thought, I didn't think it was one in real time. And then when I saw the replay, I was like, well, okay, maybe I'm not so sure, but there was one angle and it seemed clear to me that as much as it wasn't a big touch, the ball does does move when Laurie Sinhan goes down. 
But I think it's one of those ones where, depending on the camera angle, will tell you whether you think it's a penalty or not. Because I think there are a couple of others where you're like, "Oh, is it his hand?" You, you just you just don't know. But I'm, I'm, I don't think it was a penalty, so I'm happy that the right call was made. But you've seen mm. him given absolutely. You've seen him given, and it was it came from stupidity from us in the first place. There's no mm. way that that Richarlison should be able to bear down on Hugo when we've got three centre halves. I think it was Doherty that was playing him on side and. No, maybe Doherty wasn't on the pitch at that point, but whoever it was, he was he, he was behind the centre backs, and the whole point of having three is that that should never ever happen. Yeah, agreed. And what about the sending off? A bit late to really influence the game too much, but um, it looks pretty pretty nasty, didn't it, Caller? I mean, it was a shocking challenge. Again, not sure why VAR was needed. <laughs> the guy was half, <laughs> he was halfway up his leg. He could have snapped him in half. It was a dreadful challenge. Um, and quite rightly, um, was a red card. Um, there's no debating about that, really, I don't think, for me. I mean, there, yeah. there, there were a few Americans in our Patreon group that were like, oh, there's no intent, he didn't mean to do it. Yeah, I, I've no doubt he didn't mean to do it, but he went into it recklessly, and the follow-through, I mean, as thankfully, Hoiberg kind of saw it coming and turned away from it. But, you know, mm. had it hit the front of his knee instead of the back, it, it, it could have yeah. been super serious. So... Yeah, that to me it was a clear red, and I'm surprised that it needed to go to VAR just as cool as it. We we creating these nationalist divisions for HG, blaming the Americans. Hey, they're the ones that one. said it. So USA, you know, if, USA, I, USA. I didn't say all Americans are that stupid, but just Brandon and Andrew, <laughs> if you're listening, other Americans are available. <laughs> yeah, thanks for your support, Brandon and Andrew. You idiots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Right, let me just quickly mention footballprizes.co.uk. Their prize this week is uh, still the signed Gaza shirt. Um, half of them are sold now. Uh, so there's 49 out of 99 have gone. Tickets are 4.95, And with the discount code 10Cheese, you get a 10% discount. So get involved in that. And there's also, you can win uh, hospitality tickets to Spurs against Leeds. And I think Spurs against Palace is on there as well. Um, those tickets are a little bit more pricey at nine ninety five, but a good chance to get um, a decent day out at the Spurs. Yeah, I mean, the, isn't the Palace game the Boxing Day one? That'd be a nice Christmas present. It is, yeah, it is. Exactly, exactly. So you could get in there for that. Right, um, caller, what are you doing? YouTube video tomorrow? Yes, tomorrow night we've got the uh, the review of the weekend's football. I mean, I've already done it, so I'll just be repeating myself with HG, you know. Uh, but it will be. Good, interactive. I think we've got Jamie Weir of Sky Sports uh, coming on. And um, we're also going to look at Conte's sort of first week in charge as well and, and look at what he needs to do uh, going forward to get a tune out of Tottenham. So, yeah, 9pm YouTube channel tomorrow night, Monday night. Good stuff. And I'm sure we'll have more content coming out later in the week um, to look out for that. Right. Um, Caller, it's nice to speak to you once in a while. It's lovely to drop in, lovely to drop in. Verstappen's now won the Grand Prix, um, so very happy about that. I'm going to go and open a bottle of champagne, I think. Okay, you go and do that. Um, HG, thanks as always for joining. Yeah, no problem. No champagne for me, but then I don't care about men driving a car around a track for two hours <laughs> non-stop. Yeah, but you've got Cheetos. You've got Cheetos to look forward to, yeah. That is true. <laughs> I do have a massive bag of Cheetos that we were gifted by some friends of ours and I don't think my daughter's seen them, so I'll eat all of those and then she'll have no idea what a pig <laughs> is. I love them. I've got a big bag of, like, you know, those giant what's-its. 
basically the same thing. Yeah, they're not. They're, they're not quite as good though. The Cheetos, I think, because they're American, they're, I think they're laced with miles more calories and <laughs> just taste a little bit better. Just taste a little bit better. Tiny sprinkling of crack cocaine just to keep you <laughs> coming back for more. That's it. This is it. <laughs> okay, cheesers. Thanks for listening as always. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. Sign up to our socials. Uh, look out for Caller and the gang on the YouTubes this week. I'm not sure we're going to have a pod, but we'll try and get something out and uh, and try not get too bored during the international break. We'll see you back for, for Leeds. Right, until next time, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs and the Cleveland Browns. Woo! And Max Verstappen. Whee. And no one else for me. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.